This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast, where we dive into the latest rumors and news surrounding Texas Rangers baseball. Welcome to the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lease. On today's episode, we dive into our first episode of the 2023 season, breaking down some of the latest headlines from around Globe Life Field. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Game Time, for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking for the best place to find tickets to the next Texas Rangers game, head on over to Game Time. Use the link in the description and help support the channel. Our first topic today is how the Corey Seager injury impacts the lineup construction for the Texas Rangers. Corey Seager in the sixth inning had to be removed from the game when he pulled up to second base with what is being described as left hamstring tightness. The Royals were playing a shift on Seager, and he punished the Royals for that formation by hitting it to the left field corner. No one was there, and Seager was going to be able to walk to third base. As he rounded first and came to second, he slowed down and pulled up to second and immediately grabbed his hamstring. The trainer ran out. Seager was immediately removed from the game. Josh Smith was brought in to play shortstop. A few questions will need to be answered soon. First, who plays shortstop? Second, who comes up to take his roster spot once he is placed on the I.L.? Third, how long will Seager be out? Fourth, how will Seager's injury impact the lineup construction? So, to break down the first question, who plays shortstop? The team has two options, Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran. Both can play shortstop, and Smith has been the backup shortstop. Bochy even mentioned in his postgame presser about putting Smith and Duran there for the time being. It seemed in the immediate aftermath of tonight's, or the previous game's walk-off win, that is where the team is leaning. Things could change before the first pitch of the next game. The second option is Marcus Simeon slides over from second base to play shortstop. He played the position for years prior to moving to second base with the Blue Jays. Simeon can hold down the position while Seager is out. That will open up second base, which could be played by a platoon consisting of Smith and Duran. Whatever happens, it will likely be a combination of those three players holding down middle uh, middle infield until Seager comes back. So the question is, for number two, who replaces Seager on the roster? Leody Tavares is in Round Rock currently on a rehab assignment. They could decide to bring him up immediately. He's not a shortstop, obviously, but with Smith and Duran on the roster, they don't necessarily need another infield. They do decide to call up an infielder. Akuda and Ornelas are both on the 40-man roster. They can come up and provide depth, but playing time might be scarce. I'm not sure if they want to bring them into a situation where their playing time is not going to be as much as it is in AAA Round Rock or AA Frisco, 
Plus, this team is still trying to win games. They are not in the developmental mode that they were in the last two seasons. The third question, how long will Seager be out? That one is unknown at this time. The Rangers have said they are going to continue evaluating and I'm sure they will have further updates on his status once they further examine him. In June 2019, he strained the same left hamstring and missed almost an entire month. That was a strain though, and at this point, the century is being damned, being deemed, excuse me, hamstring tightness. No clue on how long he will be out. And the final question, how does this impact the lineup construction for Bruce Bochy? Seager, since signing with Texas, has primarily served as the number two hitter beside are behind Simeon. The easiest solution to this would be moving Simeon into that two hole in front of low, but then who hits leadoff? They do have an outfielder who in 2021 began the season in that role. It did not go well in April 2021, and he was eventually sent death. It might be time to give Leody Tavares another shot at the leadoff spot. He can get on base, create havoc once there, and does have decent power. If not him, then Josh Smith could be a candidate. Smith takes good at-bats, doesn't have much power, but he does make contact. If Simeon is to move down, then Tavares is the right guy. All of these are possible solutions. I will say that it is a major hit, and not having Seager that lineup is going to make scoring runs even more difficult. There is a reason why he got the big contract, and it is because he's a shortstop that can hit with power and spray the ball all over the field. The team has to take the next man up thinking. This will certainly be Bochy's first big test as manager of the Rangers. He has to make sure that this team that has gotten off to a surprising 7-4 and four start can continue to play at this level. This is not a pitching injury, and so the rotation should not see any dip in production. They just have to figure out how they are going to score runs on offense. Until we see how this team will react, we'll have to wait and see. And now on to our next topic, the unfortunate news of Jake Odorisi is out for the season. Jake Odorizzi was the first move the Rangers made in the offseason to improve their pitching staff. He was traded for initially to join the starting rotation. As the offseason went on and the Rangers signed Jacob deGrom, Ian Drew Haney, and Nathan Evaldi, he was moved into the swing role of longman spot starter. Spring training got started and he started feeling arm fatigue and was not able to ever take the mound in a spring training game. He was then moved from the bullpen to the 60-day IL to start the season. And then it was announced that he will remain on the IL for the remainder of the season. 33-year-old came over in a trade with Atlanta back in November for Colby Allard. Jake has surprisingly picked up his $12.5 million option for 2023. Atlanta decided to trade him rather than keep him at the price. Atlanta picked up $10 million of that contract, leaving the Rangers to take on $2.5 million. He will now become a free agent after the season. This means for Texas that Dane Dunning and Cole Reagans, who were expected to be starting games in Round Rock, will likely stay in Arlington and pitch out of the bullpen for most, if not all, of this season. It is a hit to the Rangers' pitching depth to lose Odorizzi. The current top options at AAA Round Rock are Cody Bradford, Zach Kent, and Cole Witt. Kent and Wynn are currently on the 40-man roster, and Bradford is not. As long as the members of the rotation stay healthy, the Rangers should be good. It starts to get complicated if pitchers start to have to miss starts. That will be a decision the Rangers make when they have to cross that bridge. Another uh, injury news. Sandy Leone has been brought up to the majors to replace Mitch Carver, who is on the injured list, 
the left knee sprain. Catcher and D.H. Mitch Garver was placed on the 10-day injured, injured list with a mild left knee sprain. To replace Garver on the active roster, the Rangers purchased the contract catcher Sandy Leone. To make room for Leone, the 40-man roster, the Rangers moved pitcher Spencer Howard to 60-day IL. Garver last played on April 8th, and so this would be retroactive to that. Leone is now going to back up Jonah Knight, and there will be more DH at bats available for the rest of the regulars. The team saying it is a mild sprain would seem to suggest Carver won't be out for long. But who knows? That said, if the knee is going to impact how much Carver can catch, Leone may stick around even after Carver returns. Howard now joins Otto and Odorizzi Yamathayel. Odorizzi is, of course, like we said, done for the year. Hopefully that's not the case with the other two. And before we move on to our next topic, we'd like to remind you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Talking Texas Rangers. If you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash ttrangers. Your support helps the channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring a new host, create even more content, and hopefully take this show on the road. Andrew Haney's Redemption he had an impressive start, second start with the Texas Rangers a couple of days ago. After a disappointing debut with the Rangers against the Orioles, left-handed pitcher Andrew Haney got another chance to prove himself a second start against the Kansas City Royals. Haney's performance in this game was a complete turnaround from his previous outing, showcasing his potential for a comeback. In this second game, he pitched for five innings, allowing only two hits, no earned runs, and walking two batters. His remarkable improvement from the last game was evident in his 10 strikeouts. Heaney's incredible performance relieved the Rangers and their fans who were happy, hoping, I should say, to see him return to his form from his time with the Dodgers. In his last season with the Dodgers, he had an ERA of 310 and an FIP of 3.75, showcasing his potential to be a dominant pitcher. Contrast between his first and second start highlights the unpredictability of baseball, as well as the importance of resilience and determination. Although he had a rough start in his first game, he did not let it decline his future performance. Instead, he returned stronger, displaying his resilience and determination to succeed. Heaney's impressive performance also raised questions about the Rangers' potential uh, pitching rotation. With the recent acquisition of Haney, the Rangers have strengthened their pitching staff, which already included DeGrom, Evaldi, and Martin Perez. Haney adds depth and talent to the Rangers' pitching rotation, providing them more options and flexibility. Overall, Haney's second start with the Rangers demonstrated his potential for a successful future with the team. His resilience, determination, and coachability are all qualities that bode well for his future performances. Next up, the Texas Rangers did something that they haven't done in over a year. The Rangers won in a walk-off fashion against the Royals to extend their winning streak to three. It was a roller coaster of a game. DeGrom started the game, Seeger left the game, Jose Leclerc blew the game, and Jonathan won the game. It is a game that the team can call back when they are in similar situations throughout the season. The Rangers could have been deflated once Seeger hobbled off the field in the sixth inning, they could have given up when Leclerc gave up the lead in the ninth. They did not. They did not, though. They continued playing throughout each of those setbacks. 
Let's take a look at how the Rangers were able to win this game. DeGrom made his third start, and as he continues to build up, he continues to go deeper into games. Last night, he went seven, seven innings, or excuse me, a couple nights ago, he went seven innings, had nine strikeouts and zero walks. He did give up seven hits and two runs. He was not helped by his outfield defense. He pitched around those mistakes and kept the Royals to just a single run in the third and fourth inning. He did keep it together, though, and got strikeouts when he needed it. His start ended with Hunter Dozier. The score was 3-2, and then tying run in the form of Nate Eaton was on third base. Mike Maddox came out to visit him to see what he had left. DeGrom said that he was good to go. He proceeded to strike out Dozier on four pitches, three sliders, and that was it. He was done for the night after seven innings and had thrown 98 pitches and 68 for strikes. The Royals made contact, but outside of Bobby Wood Jr. and Pramil Reyes, it was mostly weak contact. The Royals only got multiple base runners in an inning against DeGrom in the third and fourth inning, and they scored one run in each inning. DeGrom bounced back from those innings and fired three scoreless innings. DeGrom left in position to get the win. <coughs> Excuse me. With a 3-2 score. It was a very weird night for the offense. Jordan Lyles was a starter for the Royals, and somehow he pitched into the seventh inning and only gave up four runs. It felt like at the time the Rangers should have scored more. The best opportunity for a real big, big inning was the third inning. Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager led off the inning with singles. Nathaniel Lowe then doubled in Simeon, and unless, unlike the night prior, Seager was held at third. Adolis Garcia then hit a sack fly to increase the lead to 3-1. Josh Jung then singled, and Lowe advanced to third. Runners on the corner with Hunnam coming up. Lyles on the second pitch induced a double play ground ball to end the rally. Lyles then cruised through the fourth and the fifth. Seager hit what should have been a one-out triple down the left field line, where there was no left fielder. He pulled up with a hamstring injury to second base. The Rangers uh, left Josh Smith, who had come in for Seager, on second. The Rangers tacked on a run in the seventh, and Simeon doubled in Brad Miller. That gave the Rangers a 4-2 lead, and that is what the score would be as the late-inning bullpen options came in to try and close the game and give DeGrom his second win of the season. It was a good and bad night for the bullpen. Good in that they got the win, bad in the fact that they blew the two-run lead and had to win the game in extra innings. Everything was set up for an easy night, but it was far from that. Jonathan Hernandez was the first one called upon. He promptly went single, walk, single, and cut the lead to 4-3. Bochley quickly went out to get him and brought in Will Smith to hold the lead. Smith was so good in getting Vinny Pescantino to fly out, he then struck out Michael Massey and Nate Eaton in the inning. Smith started the ninth and gave up a single to Kyle Isbell. Then it was time for Leclerc. Not a great nothing for him. He walked to Nicky Lopez, a 150 hitter. If he gets Lopez, he probably closes it out. But control issues are part of the Leclerc experience. That led to the Royals to be able to tie the game with a flyout that advanced Isbell to a third and then a single from MJ and Melendez to tie the game. Leclerc held the tie after inducing a double play grounder to Nini. Heraldus Chapman went right through the Rangers, three hitters in the ninth, to send the game to extra innings, tied 4-4. Four four. Cole Reagans came on in relief of the Leclerc with one out and ten. Reagans came on with runners on first and third, 
he got batters to fly out due to the Manfred man. The Royals scored a run to go ahead 5-4. The Rangers struggled in extra inning games last season, going 6-9, and many of those losses, they failed to even move the Manfred man from 2nd to 3rd. Last night, Josh Smith did what you were supposed to do and put the ball in the air in deep right field. That allowed Simeon to move to third, but pop out from low brought Garcia to the plate. He hit a ground ball, single through the middle to score Simeon, tie the game with two outs. Josh Chung then worked a walk on six pitches. Finally, Jonaheim hit a massive walk-off hole run on the third pitch to win the game for the Rangers 8-5. This is the best start to the season for Texas since 2013. They've walked it off in home run fashion, which is something they haven't done yet this year and haven't done since the middle of the last season. Let us know in the comments section below your thoughts on the topics we covered. Is there something we missed? Something we should have covered? Let us know your thoughts on the Rangers as a whole. How do you think they are improving over the last, compared to the previous season? Let us know. And if you want to support the channel, buy us coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash ttrangers. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast. Let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered by tweeting us at TalkinTXRangers or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rangers. As always, thank you for listening and go Rangers.